0: Hey, thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. What an amazing time of worship it has been. It's been a good day so far. Uh, If you're new to Journey, maybe this is your first Sunday. Thanks for being here. You could have been anywhere. Uh, You could have been at St. Serta of the Mattress, but you chose here, so we're thankful that you're here. Um, We're in a series uh, that's that's pretty unique to us, and I know there's a lot of other churches doing like 21 days of prayer and all that kind of stuff. We have just determined for 20 years that we were going to do the month of September. It's because it was our launch month. Uh, As we're celebrating 20 years this year, uh, it was our launch month. It was great. Um, But we pray and we fast and we ask God to move uh, in our lives. And so it's been an exciting time. If you're new to us and you're not sure exactly what I'm talking about, the 930 is our September uh, prayer time we do it as a faith community. This year, we've got a little different direction where we're giving everybody cards that you can uh, put your prayers down there. This is not actually my card. My card has two things, because what we're asking everybody to do is pray for the church, and that's going to be God's, uh, just God's favor on our church, which is fantastic, and then God's direction, and then God's protection, and then we're asking everybody to have big three. So mine would be something along the lines of family, our church staff, you know, and and just that God would uh, continue to use and build me. So uh, everybody get one of those. You can get them on the way out. Uh, There are several different locations uh, on campus. The other thing is this prayer guide. I talked about it last week, and I told you that we ran out and we were getting more. So we got 200 more. And I think I heard we ran out again. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, we have a few set aside for this group, but you can still get them if you haven't got one. The QR codes, uh, the cards that are in front of you have a QR code. It's about the fourth tab to fit, or fifth tab down. You can get um, just the digital version and you can follow along with this. It's great. I've used that, to, just a word of encouragement. I've used this as my personal just prayer guide. Like I, I, I pray, one, pray on, one prayer on Monday, one prayer on Tuesday, one prayer on, and I kind of go through it. And I'm just cycling back through. And what I'm, I'm amazed at is every day, and uh, Matthew just said this in his prayer, you know, his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And so what I need this morning is different than what I need tomorrow. And so I'm allowing God to speak through his holy living word, and it's exciting to see what God's doing. And so today we're going to talk about something, and, I, and, and it happened last week. I was actually going to go a different direction, and, and um, just something happened last week. I think it was in first service. A little young guy walked up to me. He's sixth grader or something, walks up, and he goes, Pastor Bobby... I know this 930, um, we've always talked about prayer. And I said, what? And he goes, I can't even say it. I said, what? And he goes, are you talking about f- fasting next week? And I said, yes, sir, I'm, I'm going to talk about fasting. He went, no. I'm like, gosh, what, what is mom and dad teaching him about fasting? And he said, Pastor Bobby, I, I just the thought of people going without food. And you know what's going to happen? They're, they're going to starve to death. They're all going to die. Um, bro, it's not gonna, it doesn't happen quite that way. And I, said, and I started explaining to him, I was like, all throughout the Bible, all these characters throughout the Bible, you know, Moses and David and Daniel and, 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 and Zechariah, all these guys and, and women, they fasted. And he sat there for a second, and he goes, and they're all dead. <laughs> I, I'm going to make you a promise. We're going to talk about fasting today. You will not die from fasting, I don't think. You will die one day. But I don't think it's because you've kind of done something, stop doing something uh, for the sake of the kingdom and God reaching deep down inside of you. It's interesting to me because I've been a believer for a long time. I've been a pastor for 30 plus years, 30, 33 years. Um, I've pastored senior pastor journey for 20 years. And it's something that's interesting. We hear a lot of teaching on prayer and we hear a lot of preaching on meditation and we hear a lot of preaching, but I've heard very few messages on the concept of fasting And so what I thought was, if it's in the Bible, we should talk about it. And it's something that it's probably not very glamorous. I'm not going to run around the stage. I'm not going to have to wipe the sweat off my brow today. It's not going to be that kind of message. But I believe it's something that we're all going to want to take notes on, because I believe if it's in the Bible, and every word matters, if it's in the Bible, it's something that, as modern-day followers of Jesus, we should be doing this. And so it's even in our, like, what we're talking about is prayer and fasting, not just prayer. So today we're going to look at one of the most unpopular, least practiced uh, disciplines there is in the Bible. I, I love it. Comedian Gallagher, lots of you have heard Gallagher. He said, I don't know why they call it a fast because it's the slowest thing in the world. And if you've ever fasted, you probably know, yep, that's true. It's, it's one of the slowest. It's amazing to me how fasting can bring time to a standstill. Like everything, like you, you see, I'm, I'm going to fast. I, and I've been, I've been a faster for 30 years. I, I'm going to fast. And then all of a sudden, time like, right? So I'm just going to let you know that's how it, how it is. Um, I had a friend of mine a couple, couple months ago talk to me about, he said, you know, noon 930 was going to come up. And he goes, hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. This whole fasting thing scares me. And I said, let's talk about it. He goes, the thought... He he said, I can give a tenth of my income and not have a problem with it. Like, I I, I trust God with my money. I can pray, and I expect God to move mountains when I pray. And he says, and and like, as far as like going over... Like, I've been overseas to third world countries. I have slept on the ground on a blanket or a towel. That doesn't even faze me. He said, but the thought about... Just going without food for 24 hours, he said, it scares the fool out of me. Like, the thought that that I would I would sacrifice something that substantially in my life, he said, I don't know that I can do it. So it's one of those deals. I, I bet you a lot of us in this room have felt that way at some point or another. So what I'd like to do today is, is I'd like to tell some truths. I'd like to share a couple personal stories, if you'll allow me, just how have uh, fasting has impacted my life. Um, and maybe, somehow or another, some of the myths, bust some of those myths about fasting. And then and, and maybe by the end of this, that all of us as a faith community, a church, whether it's at Sherwood or here or online, we would decide maybe this week to go, you know something, I'm going to pull with the church and I'm going to be part of this faith community and I'm going to try this fasting thing out. And so that's kind of where we're going. Let me give you three real quick truths that will kind of set the stage for everything else we talk about. Here's the first truth. There's no hard and fast rules for this thing called fasting. Now, here's what I've learned that there's sometimes there's theology in the Bible, and there's sometimes something that's cultural in the Bible. And you have to determine which one's which. A lot of the fasting that we see in the Old Testament is cultural. That's what they had. They had barley or grain or bread. And so what they would do is that's what they would fast. Or if it was a, a place by the shore, like where the notion the, the was, they would fast the fish. Or if it was something, you know, they would fast lamb or whatever they would fast. There's not this hard fast rule. It's like this. I know people in this church that this 930 have decided to fast, don't ask me why, coffee. No. That's a big no. Right? Of course my wife is she's walking out first service she goes, "Maybe God's calling you to shh 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 shh." Right? But that's cultural. Because that's a biggie. That's something that's for a lot of us does stand in the way of us and God, doesn't it? Now, now they didn't have coffee back then. So it's like you're not going to see in the scripture, the holy scripture, Exodus chapter 13 that Moses fasted coffee. They didn't have Folgers back then. They didn't have Dunkin' Donuts. They didn't have a Starbucks. I have a friend of mine that walked up to me after first service and said, you know something, I was so convicted by this message. I am giving up Starbucks for the rest of this month. <gasps> and you know what she said to me? She said, I realized today, I was counting, like, I, I, was, I was doing my calculator. I could give, if I, could, if I would give that money to the church, what? I'm like... That's what I'm talking about. That's that's fasting when you give up something with the intention to connect to God in a bigger way. So, truth number 1 no hard and fast, right? Truth number 2. We talked about this about prayer last week and we could have went right into this one because it's the same passage in Matthew chapter 6. And if you have an analog Bible, you're going to want to open up to Matthew 6. We're going to land there for just a couple minutes. But Matthew chapter 6. This is it. Like prayer is when not if The expectation is that we pray as believers of Christ. Last week I said that prayer is like the oxygen, you know, for a believer. And like, uh, like I can't imagine a a believer in Jesus not praying. I can't imagine a believer in Jesus not, not fasting because it's the fuel. It's actually the thing that ignites our prayer. It actually takes our prayer to a whole nother level. And so it's not when, I mean, it's not if, it's when. This is what Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 says. And when you fast... So the assumption is that you're going to do it. He says, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. We're going, to, we're going to break this all down a little bit. For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is, only, uh, that is the only re- reward they will get. Verse 17, but when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. So the assumption is that all of us, twice there, right, twice or three times, it says, when you pray. So the assumption is that if you're a follower of Christ, that this is something we're going to do. It's a staple of our faith. The, the, the third truth in this little section here, right, is, is our motives are important. And so many times I have found people that do it for the wrong motives. And obviously it's something that a couple thousand years ago, and maybe more than that, 6,000 years ago, as we look at Zachariah in a minute, that we have the wrong motives for doing it. Sometimes we do it for us, not for who we're connecting to. Now listen to what it says, verse 16, I'm going to read again. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. Remember we talked about the hypocrite last week. That 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 prayed and he prayed. The Pharisee prayed and he pounded his chest and he said, "I'm thankful that I'm not the tax collector." The whole idea was, don't. It's not there to draw attention to yourself. It's there to connect with God and draw attention to the Father. So he says this, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that the one uh, that's the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, he says, comb your hair and wash your face. I would say, brush your teeth too. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except for your father. Watch. Your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father, who sees everything, will reward you. That's why. That's the the motivation. So, yes, there is wrong motivation. It goes all the way back. As a matter of fact, in order for our fasting to be effective, we must always have the right motives we have to be doing it for the right reasons. It's not so people will notice us. It's not, I, I grew up in a church environment that we were big on making sure that everybody knew. So the pastor would make sure everybody knew. The, the church members would make like, are you fasting, brother? Because it's, it's a sign of spirituality. It's not a sign of spirituality. As a matter of fact, when I draw attention to myself, it's a, it's a sign of immaturity, not maturity. So even the Old Testament, Zechariah is talking about this. He says there's a wrong reason and a right reason in Zechariah chapter 7 5. He says, Say to all the people and your priests, during these 70 years of exile, when you fasted and mourned in the summer and the early autumn, was it really for me that you were fasting? So obviously there's a wrong reason for fasting. If they weren't doing it, what were they doing it for? The attention of others. Fa- fasting, let me throw this out. This is hard. Fasting is never, never put in place in our lives to impress other people. As a matter of fact, the only reason we, and I'm going to share five reasons why we fast, but the real true reason is so we can make a connection with the Father. Matthew chapter 6, 6, 6, 6 16 it says, when you fast, don't make it what? Obvious. That means nobody should know that you're fasting. It, it, and it's tough. Like, I get it because I do a lot of lunch appointments, and during the month of September, I do very few lunch appointments. And it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm not eating certain things. I'm not going to certain places. I'm not, there's certain, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a minute. But like, it's one of those deals where, but I don't go, hey, by the way, Brother Rich, the reason we're not going out to lunch is because I'm fasting right now. I just got my reward, didn't I? Because he goes, man, Bobby, you are so spiritual. Or he says, you're such an idiot, one or the other. Right? See, one of the reasons that Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, and it's really important we understand this, the Pharisees would go to the, to the place, the market, two days a week. It was Mondays and Thursdays. And that's when they would do their fasting and their prayers, too. So they would be in the marketplace going, hey, look at me, by the way. Look, look, I'm, my face is all, my, I haven't brushed my teeth. I'm, 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 I'm not. It, it was for the recognition of them. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. As a matter of fact, he's saying, go the opposite way. Can I throw something else out? Because I had somebody make a comment in first service, uh, between services and like, um, Bobby, you talked a lot about, about the, the wrong reasons of fasting. What about for weight loss? Is it, is it good for weight loss? No. Now, 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 intermittent fasting is, that's one of the things that I've done. I've lost some weight, and I'm feeling better about myself, and uh, some of the things that were hurting me before aren't hurting me because I'm not, not drinking sugar or using sugar now, and it's like, but that's not because I'm trying to connect to God. That's, I got personal gain out of that. The ultimate, and here's, I'm, I can't take the truth. The ultimate health benefits, whatever you get out of fasting, you, you lose when you start to eat again. Because we gorge ourselves, don't we? It's pizza and chili and Doritos, right? I fasted. I lost three and a half pounds. I gained 18 the next day. Fasting is used to get closer to God. Have I made that clear? Is that good? Let me tell you another thing. Our fasting should always have a purpose and be intentional. Like we shouldn't just go, okay, the church is is fasting on Tuesday, so I'm going to do that. We should have intentionality in our fasting. John Piper says this, Christian fasting at its root is a hunger of homesickness for God. That's that's why we fast, because we're homesick for God that we want to get closer to God. We want to hear from them. And that's it. Like the the number one, like there's five things that I, I, and and probably more, but one of the the reasons I fast is I want to hear from God. I've been a faster for 30 years and I've watched it work. Uh, Can I give you a couple examples of how it worked? So uh, 34 years ago, I was a single guy. And I determined intentionally that I was not going to date anybody until I was ready to get married. And so from the time I was 18 years old when I asked Christ or 17, when I asked Christ to the time I was 23 when, or 24 when I met my wife, I didn't date anybody. It wasn't like it was just because I just didn't want to confuse myself. I, I had enough issues with, with all that. Right. But I went on a fast and on a, on the fast, it was a, I went on a seven day fast and I was asking specifically because I had been getting lonely. Like guys, we get lonely, right? Guys, we get lonely, right? Okay, good. So I'm just making sure that some of you are with me. So, I was praying that God would bring spat my spouse, my wife. And I remember sitting there during the fast, and I remember having a dream. And the dream was I was going to meet my wife the next day in church. Now, we had a little small church. It was 40 or 50 people, but we did this big camp campaign called Jesus for You. And we were expecting 10,000 people to show up this church because we had uh, made 10,000 phone calls, right? And so we're, we're like so I tell my mom and I tell my dad, I'm 23 years old I'm and like, you know, it's like <laughs> Robbie, I'm going to meet my wife tomorrow. She's going to be right. And I know her name. Her name is Gina. So I wake up the next morning and I tell my mom and dad, I said, listen, I'm meeting my wife tomorrow or today at church. Like whatever. We had one guest at church that day and it was Gina. One guest. I believe God gave me direction and spoke to me and spoke through me because of that fast, because I was making connection with God. One of my daughters, she's actually getting married September 22nd in a couple weeks, and a couple years ago, she she had done the dating scene. She had done a couple, you know, the e harmonies, whatever. Like she just couldn't find anybody, and she had this group of friends. And she said, you know, something. I'm going to fast. So last, I think it was last year for Easter, uh, for Lent, she gave up. She gave up dating. So she wasn't going on any dates. She wasn't going to go din- dinner, nothing. She was going to do it. She actually did it for uh, past Easter, but all of a sudden, you know, what she said that. That God opened her eyes up. That one of the people that she, she was hanging out with all along—she's known this guy for eight years, all along—that was the guy. That was the guy, you know. And they get engaged, and I mean, in a couple months, you know, the engagement and marriage and all that stuff. And, and I, my son-in-law is a is a byproduct of fasting. Is a byproduct of of, of of Courtney going. You know something? I just want to get to know the Father more, and I want His leading in His direction. Tw- Twenty years ago. I went on a fast in in July of 2003. And the fast was specifically, what was my call? Because I started feeling frustrated. you ever feel frustrated? You just like, you you know that that God's got a little bit more and you can't figure it out. So I went on a 30-day fast. And during those 30 days, what I did was, I just sought God for my life, what you want. And it was July, like, 3rd or 4th of 2003, while we were on vacation, that God spoke to us about starting Journey Community Church. You're a byproduct of a fast, because when we fast, one of the reasons we do it is intentionality. We, we do it. I had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about getting married. And I said, Have you prayed and fasted about that? About who, like, and no. I said, You, you, you may want to do that. Like, I, I, just for, for the sake of the conversation, the person you marry is a pretty important decision that we should spend a lot of time with the Heavenly Father. Honestly, if some of us would have spent some time with the Heavenly Father, we would have had a lot less heartache by just asking him, God, who do you want me to be with? This is what it says in Acts chapter 13 too. It's what the, uh, the apostles did. He said, one day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you what, that's what I want to have happen in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We sang about the Holy Spirit this morning. You know, fall on us. When you, when you can't come to the place, my heart pounds Like, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me in my life. And then that's the same Holy Spirit that spoke to the apostles 2,000 years ago. It said, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have called them to. During that fasting, God spoke to people. Let me tell you another reason we, we fast, to intercede. Now I don't know that's a big word. We actually talk about it on a video that's going to uh, go, I think, about tomorrow or Tuesday. But interceding is when I'm in the gap for somebody else. I'm standing in the gap for one of you. If you go out to that wall right now, all in that glass, the majority of those prayers are intercessory prayers. They're prayers for somebody else. Uh, pr- praying for a young man right now that actually, when he, he came over, his, parent, his mom brought him over. His name is Colton. Colton's having a struggle right now. He's got a, just a disease that, that's eating his inside, you know, the inside of the body. People are interceding for him. The young girl that was in the car accident, I just got a message just before I walked up here. She opened her eyes last night. Her name is Allie. Keep praying. Keep interceding for her. Right? And it's just, it's a really cool, it's bypass, it's bypass denomination. It's bypass church leadership. There's, there's literally thousands of people in the city praying for, for some of these young people. That's intercession. That's what God tells us to do. Psalms 35. Verse 13 says, yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them. Now, I don't understand this this last part, but it says, but my prayers returned unanswered. I don't get that part, okay? But the other part is like, yes, there's just a whole scripture. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3. Listen to what, we have fasted before you. This is Isaiah having a conversation with God. They say, why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourself. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourself by going through the motions of penance and bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Now, that's a rhetorical question. You know that, right? God's going, I've already told you, this is not the kind of fast I'm chosen. Do you really think this has pleased the Lord? Now watch what verse 6 happens. It's it's amazing. No, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Listen, this is the one I want. To free those who are wrongly imprisoned, intercession. Lighten the burdens of those who work for you, intercession. Let the oppressed go free, intercession. And remove the chains that bind people, intercession. Share food, and it goes right on that. Share food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless, Give clothes to those who are in need, and do not hide from your relatives that uh who who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from your behind. When you call to the Lord, he will answer, Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression, intercession. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. And watch this. And then your light will shine out from the darkness darkness around you will be as bright as noon. It says when you do all these things, this is not the fast I've chosen, to loosen the chains of injustice, to pray for others. Now I understand that that, 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 that sunshine. I, uh, anybody beside me ride up and down Washington Road on, uh, like from the lake here? Anybody live up in the Appling, Lincolnton area? There's a really rare phenomena that happens on that road. You crest the hill right there by Greenbrier, Greenbrier and you can't see. If the sun's shining, especially in the fall time, the sun is shining right on that hilltop and you can't see. It literally blinds you. So if you ever see me riding down the road with my shade down and I'm doing this, it's not because I'm kneeling and praying. It's because I can't see. You may want to get out of my way. But the phenomenon is this, you can't see, you're blinded. And you know what scripture tells us? When we fast for the right reasons, when 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 we're in connection with the heavenly father, the world gets this sunshine, this ray of light, and that's all they see. We talk about this at Journey all the time. Our goal is to make Jesus famous, right? That that, that somehow or another the world would see. This is how the world sees Jesus. When we're interceding, interceding from the world that's around us, Let me give you another thing. This is just as important. I believe that that fasting is an act of repentance. It's it's the way we show God that we're serious about the sin in our lives. And you know what's happened in my own personal life? When I have fasted, I have realized how big my sin is and how big the Father is. Listen to what it says, and I love this. This is in the message. This is Joel chapter 1. It says, nothing, nothing's going on in this place of worship. Could you imagine an angel of the Lord coming to journey and saying, nothing, nothing is... Nothing good's going on here. Could you imagine that? I can't can't picture it. Uh, There's too many good things going on. But apparently the church at that point right there, there was nothing going on. It says no offerings, no prayers, nothing. Declare a holy fast. Call a special meeting, get the leaders together, round up everybody in the country, get them into God's sanctuary for serious prayer to God. You know what made me think? In Scripture, and Chronicles, what does it say? If my people, who are called by whose name? My name. Not the world. Not the administrators that don't understand Jesus. Not the people that are, you know, at working in, in Atlanta or down in, no, not them. He says, get my people together. Get my people. And then he says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, they would repent. The word repent means they would say they're sorry for their sins. And true repentance brings change. And that change is we don't do what we were doing before. If that happens, you know what happens? The Bible says, just like Isaiah, that people will know who Jesus is. I love this, and I found this out. Uh, I was reading a, a, a book, and it was in the book. In 1863, uh, President Abraham Lincoln declared April 30th to be the national day of prayer and fasting. Now, this is what he said. This was his quote. And I want you to think about the day we live in and what he's saying and how they parallel. He said, it's the duty of nations as well as of men to confess their sins and tra- transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with a short hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon. Watch this one. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and persevering grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. We have grown in numbers. We have grown in wealth. And we have grown in power as no other nation has grown but we have forgotten God. That's our world we live in right now. We have it made. We have the greatest nation this world's ever seen, and we're still living in depravity because we've walked away from the Heavenly Father. And so fasting is a sign of repentance. Now, just ask a question. Like You don't have to raise your hand or anything to this one. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've just forgotten God? (laughs) It's a time for repentance. It's a time for fasting. And one of the things that I'm doing during this fast is actually that right there. Not only that, but it gives us strength and direction. Acts chapter 14.23, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church with prayer and fasting. So decisions were made, their staffing was made, who they were going to hire, who they were going to allow to be around them. They turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Let me give you another thing. Another thing that fasting does and fasting is, it's an act of worship. Guys, can I just say this? I love what goes on here on Sunday mornings. Anybody else besides me? I mean, I'm telling you, I feel inspired. I got April standing in front of me, and she's about running off the stage. I'm going to have to catch her. When Ryan's up here, Ryan's all over the place, man. Right? Got skilled musicians up here. Man, it's amazing. I love it. Love it. But this is only one aspect of worship. As a matter of fact, if you want to know my opinion, it's the smallest aspect of worship. What I'm doing in my workplace is worship. What I'm doing in my car when somebody cuts me off from church <laughs> is worship. How, how I talk to the person that's checking me out or, or, or the teller at the bank or I'm in a business decision and, and, and things are going a little bit south. How I respond to that person. Here's what I've learned. You want to hear something? This is, this, I believe this is truth right now. My public worship is only a reflection of what's going on in my private worship. And if I don't have private worship, this doesn't mean anything up here. See, that, that, that's why it's so important that we understand that it's an act of worship. Luke chapter 2 verse 37 says, "Then she lived as this is the widow. as she lived this widow at the age of 84, she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer." I have a friend of mine that pastors a church in Atlanta. It's a small church in Atlanta. But he challenged me this past week. And he said, Bobby, I know that you guys are going through the 930. He goes, something I've been doing for years that I really want to challenge you. It did not work today. I failed miserably. Okay? But he said, I, I, I want to challenge you on every Sunday to fast. Fast from the time you eat dinner on Saturday night until sometime that night. And and just put, put, put Jesus in his place where he needs to be. And you put you in your place. So... I failed today. They brought breakfast here. (laughs) But it's probably a great idea, right? Because my private will reflect in my public. But that doesn't drive this. This drives everything. Let me give you another thing. Fasting helps us unplug from something with the purpose of plugging into something much more important. At the core of fasting, can I just, I'll say it. At the core of fasting, it means you're going to give up something. I know you guys have been trying to, like, he's not going to say it. He's not going to say it. Fasting, you have to give up something. And you're going to give it up. Let's just say you're going to start with 24 hours. Okay, that's one way. One day, some of you just looked at me like, what? I was thinking, like, an hour. I'll just give it up for an hour. I'll give give chocolate up for an hour. Right? You know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm giving chocolate up. You know, no donuts before 4 a.m., at the core of it, and this is how most people I know do it, they'll eat dinner and then they won't eat dinner again to the next day. They give up something for 24 hours. I would say food's a great place to start, but there's so many others. But but you don't stop there because I believe God has an expectation that we're going to draw closer and closer. And so I know I've done it. I know people that have done three days. I, I know I know several people that I've, I've done it a couple times, seven days. Um, and we're going to give some practicals in a minute, so don't freak out. But like seven days. My dad, um, 20, um, 30 years ago, 30-something years ago, felt like the Lord calling him from New Jersey to, to here. And he went on a 40-day fast. And if I'm not mistaken, it was in like the 40th day. He, nothing but water for 40 days. It was in, I think, the, right toward the end, close to the end, maybe the 40th day, God spoke to him about moving from New Jersey to Georgia to help plant a church in Grovetown, Georgia. Now, the interesting thing is that church failed after a couple years. But maybe God brought him down here for this. And maybe you're a byproduct of his fast. That God spoke to him moving down here 40 years ago. Maybe he wasn't the one called to be the preacher. Maybe God wanted to use somebody else, one of his kids. So it's, it's about plugging in. And so I wouldn't recommend going and starting. Like, I don't think God's going to tell you if you've never fasted that this year you're doing a 40-day one start small, okay, and and and, and I, I'm being kind of facetious, it, but can I just say, it's perfectly safe, okay, it, it's, like, if you're really freaking out about, like, I don't want to do, like, go talk to your doctor, listen, can I you, you're not going to die fasting the day you fast, you'll die eventually, but not because of fasting, all right, let me back up, one more point, we're going to close right here. Understand the practicals and principle behind fasting. Let's just do that real quick. The first thing is, while you're doing your fast, one day, three days, seven days, 40 days, if God ever tells you, drink fluids, right, water. So I went on a fast one time. This is the stupidity of Bobby. I went on a fast one time, and I was working out. This is when I used to work out. So I'm at the gym, and I'm doing this Bill Phillips circuit training where you do like nine different exercises in like 30 minutes, right? So I'm I'm pounding out. I'm I'm feeling good, man. I walk out the front door of the YMCA and all I remember is face first into a Ford pickup truck. Boom. Dent in it. Dent in it. And in my head, but a dent in it. I wake up in the ambulance and this is what the EMT says. Have you been hydrating? And I said, yes, I have. What have you had? Seven Coke Zero, sir. I don't recommend hydrating with seven Coke Zeros. God, God, God does this stuff. There's so much stuff in this. It's good in our body. Hydrate. Make sure you're hydrating. Resume your eating carefully. My first seven-day fast, I came back to Chile. I don't need to say anything else, do I, April? <laughs> like you just gave me the look that my wife gives me. Like don't you go nowhere with that. It was ugly for days. Don't resume, do, brat. Right? Bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Do something easy when you come back from your fast. Here's the third thing. Every month, just don't make it. Just don't make it one time during the nine thirty. Every month, give up something. Like. One of the things that we do around our family is like ne- next month we're going to give up something. And then the month after, we keep the 930 going all year long because the 930 is not the only time that God wants us to have a conversation with him. It's all the time. So make it part of your life. I love the way Daniel says it. And it says, all that time, Daniel chapter 3, all that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine, crossed my lips. I, I, And I used no fragrant lotions until the three weeks had passed. Now, that fragrant lotions, I've done extensive research. That is not deodorant. Slap some deodorant and brush them teeth. okay? All right? Uh, but make it a regular thing. Let me give you the last thing. Quick tips, right? Don't be legalistic in your fasting. One of the things that I, I really messed myself up before I was legalistic, I, I remember the first time I ever went on a three-day fast, about an hour into it, I had a peppermint. And I had a friend of mine who was a Catholic and said, that nullified your whole fast. No, it nullified my bad breath I had. Don't, don't, don't be legalistic. In matter of fact, if you do mess up, you're going to mess up. If you do mess up in the middle of your fast, just start over again. God, God's not so much worried about you checking boxes. He's concerned about what's going on right here. That's real practical. He, he wants to know your heart's right with it, right? He could care. As a matter of fact, he could care less what you eat. So everybody fasts different things, right? I know people that are fasting sweets. I know people that are fasting coffee. I don't know why. I know people that are... Um, I, 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 just, I decided, I found myself being really angry lately. And I had to kind of look at what I listened to. You know, garbage in, garbage out. And I was listening to a lot of talk radio. And that'll make you angry. And I, I, I don't care if it was the golf chan- channel. I was arguing with the golf channel. Live golf. This, Ryder cup's coming up. And so, you know, I did, I said, you know, something for the month of September, I'm not listening to any talk radio. I'm going to listen to the Bible on audible and Christian books. And it's amazing. Just, we've been in this 10 days and I've, I've listened to four books and you know what? I'm filling my, my brain with stuff that's good. And you know what else? I don't feel nearly as angry. And so, but just don't be legalist. If you mess up, go to, last thing is this really, and this is focus on Jesus during your fast. I know that sounds... The first time I ever fasted, you know what I I focused on? The grumbling of the stomach. (laughs) But you know, the second time I fasted, I started thinking about the Christmas story. You know how powerful that Christmas story is? That an angel of the Lord came to Mary. The Bible says that she pondered all these things in her heart. We see two different times later on in scripture where Jesus um, and Mary Mary was pondering in her heart. She's like, I think about the Easter story when I'm fasting now. The resurrection of Jesus. Wow. I mean, he changed the world. I think about the power of how God used ordinary people. Like just a couple ordinary guys, you know? Took a couple women that followed him everywhere all the way to the, all the, way to the, the cave. And so think about, think about Jesus and do it different ways. Think about Jesus in different ways. Like maybe, maybe think about his temptation in the wilderness, just whatever it is, but consecrate and concentrate on Jesus. Amen. I know today was not the most glamorous. But I believe we need to hear this stuff. And I believe this right here, this staple of our faith will change our relationship with Jesus. And that's the most important thing, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you. I really do. In all my life, all I've ever wanted to do from the time I first met you, my best friend, is I wanted to honor you. And I wanted to share your word. And sometimes, sometimes we have to talk about sin. Sometimes we talk about healing Sometimes we talk about prayer, but we talk about love, there's all these fascinating topics, but God, I'm determined to talk about fasting more because it's changed my life. And maybe this 9.30, maybe this 9.30, God, that some of us will do what we've never done before in order to have something we've never had before. And maybe we'd see this time of fasting as a time to connect with you more. God, I pray that there's lots of people in this room watching online down at Sherwood, over in our atrium, that are connecting with you right now. And this would supercharge their relationship with you. God, I pray you would be big, big in us and big through us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at journeycommunity.net.